Hi, ladies. Welcome to the Peace in the Middle podcast, a platform that provides clarity, insight, and growth to leaders worldwide through practical application and the Christian faith. My name is Wakia, and I'm your host. Hi, ladies. Happy 2021. Well, we made it. I am so, so, so happy that you decided to meet me here in the middle. Today's podcast is literally going to be about um, moving forward, right? And I know, and you know, I was a little iffy about (laughs) bringing this to to the forefront today, just because of the fact I know, you know, if you're like me, you're probably inundated at this point with, um, you know, motivational messages for, you know... uh, bringing in the newness, starting at the beginning, you know, just all these rah-rah speeches um, to get us uh, hyped up for for what's coming. And I really didn't want to just be another voice in the wind, um, giving you, you know, providing information that you really couldn't use and really wasn't helpful. But but I decided to come and just, you know, I try my best to be very transparent on this channel. And I try to um, let you all sort of see into my world and sort of share myself with you, right? Because I think that's the part that makes us all grow when we start to build this community and feeling as if we are connected. So in my attempt to connect with you, <laughs> I am going to say welcome to 2021. And I pray that the words that, um, that, that we discuss, I pray that what we discuss next is beneficial to you and something that you feel like can carry you forward. So today, I'm going to start with a quote. It says, don't assume that I am who I used to be. And that's a quote by William Shakespeare. And when I first heard that quote, it sort of just, you know, blew my mind a little bit, right? Because it's one of those things that you hear and you're like, huh, (laughs) huh, you know, I love that. Now I know it's from William Shakespeare. I can't I can't remember the play, but I know it's from from him. Um, but I'm just gonna say it again. And it says, "Don't assume I'm who I used to be." And I think that is so on point, or so you know, ready for for 2021 and where we're going. Because if we haven't learned anything in 20, you know, in 2020, is that first what we thought was was not. You know, the, the things that shut down that we never in our life thought would shut down. The fact that, you know, like, you know, um, all the people we lost, all the uh, just tragedy, all the, however, all the new connections that we built, all the ways we learned how to connect. Um, you know, it was so many different changes and so many different things we went through in 2020 um, that has now changed us forever, Right. We would no longer look at things the same. We would no longer look at um, our relationships like that. Like when you get to a point where we can finally go outside and hug your friends, you know, without (laughs) having to even question. You may not say it out your mouth, but just to question in your mind that, wow, is this the right move for me to do this? Um, When we finally get to that point where you can actually go and have a conversation with someone without a mask on, like somebody you just met without a mask on. When we finally get back to that point, I think we would be so much more appreciative of the small stuff, like just the the art of, you know, um, touch and interaction and, uh, you know, being in someone's company uninhibited. So 
when I think about the things that we've learned or I've learned in 2020, I've definitely learned to value the the smaller things in life. And I never understood, I never realized how important touch and communication and um, um, interaction, that's what I'm looking for, interaction was to me, right? And so when I hear, when I, when I hear that quote, you know, don't assume I, don't assume I'm who I used to be. It's so clear. It's so, it's so resonant of where we are today or who I am today. Right. Cause I'm changed. Like I'm not the same person. Um, you know, life experiences has, you know, it, it amazes me how life experiences sort of changes our perceptions and our realities. Right. Um, So I, I thought I was thinking about that, and and I, that's what I really want to share with us today. And I want to, I, so when I was thinking about okay, being a part of that rah rah bandwagon, trying to give you motivation for twenty twenty one, I want you to sort of think about or or what I'm thinking about now. So yeah, let's start with that. The things that I am thinking about now and how I am moving forward into twenty twenty one is by you know realizing that I still have a lot more stuff out here to give and that I can still. You know, despite what I see on the news, despite, you know, um, us still waiting for, you know, people are still waiting to get the vaccine or, you know, our current political climate, our, uh, you know, still the social injustices that are going on in the world. Um, despite all of that, I still realize that I still can have joy and I can still have peace and I can still walk in that fullness of that. Right. Um, because that is still what God has promised me. So when I see William Shakespeare's quote where it says, don't assume that I am who I used to be, that is so clear because then I know God has already promised me, you know what I'm saying, that I can have all his joys, uh, the fullness of him today. I can walk in his fullness today. I can be in his joy today. And I'm not who I used to be yesterday. Like that is a true statement. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I still have room to still be, you know, still accomplish that goal and still accomplish my mission even though in 2020, it sort of, it looked like things were not going to happen. Like there were so many different things. I'm sure if you're anything like me, that you had planned for 2020, whether it been like vacations, whether it been to start your business, whether it been to, you know, you know, do whatever those things were. Um, or even as well as start your business, but maybe it was just to grow your business, you know, um, yeah, you know, hey, let's just let's just start with the very basics. You know, obviously, <laughs> this time last year, you thought you was gonna have a job all year. You know what I'm saying? And you get halfway through it, and you realize, no, that's not even a thing. So, you know, whatever that looks like for you, I just, I really just want to encourage you that it's not over yet. Because if you made it to 2021, we still have things to do, and we still have a vision. We still have something to go towards. And just because right now it looks like the thing that she was trying to accomplish um, has been delayed or diverted or um, in some people's cases, unfortunately, has been deleted. It's not over yet. You know what I'm saying? You're, if you're still on this earth and you're still breathing, um, it's not over yet. It's just not over. And so I've just decided that what I, what I am going to do is I am still going to work like the vision that God has given me is still in play. So there's a story in the Bible. Um, Y'all know I was going to bring it back to the Bible eventually. <laughs> um, 
there's a story in the Bible about Joseph, and most of us know about Joseph, right? If the story is in the, is in the old, I mean, it's in the Old Testament, it's in um, Genesis, and it talks about Joseph, and Joseph is the son of Jacob, and he's like Jacob's favorite son. Um, he's really his what well, Israel. He's 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 his favorite son because of the fact that he was actually birthed by Jacob's favorite wife, which is Rachel, right? So the he, the Rachel was really the one he loved most. So when he had when they finally and Rachel couldn't have children initially, so when they had to go through all these things, so when she finally had Joseph, it was a huge deal, you know, just a huge deal. And so obviously, Jacob loved him. But there was something about Joseph that was very, very special in not just to Joe, not just to Jacob, but also to God, right? So God would give go, Joseph would have dreams, and he had this one dream where he seen when he well when he seen he, he had this one dream where he seen like things bowing down to him, like these stalks bowing down, and so he interpreted it as well, my brothers will bow down to me. You know what I'm saying? He had like um, eleven other brothers like they will all bow down to me so when he told his brothers that his brothers were like what joker ain't nobody bowing down to you <laughs> i'm saying like what are you talking about so they was feeling some kind of way and then it turns out they daddy go and give joseph this beautiful coat full of all these many colors y'all remember this like a little kid story you know joseph with the coat of many colors this is this, this is the joseph i'm talking about so then he gives joseph this coat and so now the brothers are still feeling some kind of way about this joker you know, he dreaming that we going to bow down to him. He already got this little special code. Daddy love him best. Whoop, whoop, yada, yada. You know, just, you know, completely throwing shade on him left, right, and center. However, Joseph didn't really help the situation because he having these dreams about people bowing down. And then he want to go tell the people about it. Right? So that was a little weird. But then to top it off, Joseph turns around and have another dream. And in this dream, not only does he see his brothers bowing down, not, does, not only does he interpret it as his brothers bowing down, but he also interprets it that his parents were bowing as well. So, again, Joseph don't exactly have no tact. So he goes and still tells everybody that this is the new dream he had. <laughs> you know, that now everybody's bowing down. But this is where it gets a little weird, right? So Joseph has these dreams, but because his brothers was hating on him, his brothers decide to kill him. They say this is an opportunity. They decide this is it. We don't have enough of this little joker. You know, we gonna <laughs> we know we gonna teach him a lesson. Like this is, you know, matter of fact, when he comes walking up on the field, they like, look at here come this dreamer now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just straight hating on him. But when he gets there, <laughs> um, the oldest brother Reuben sort of convinces them not to kill him, but instead to just throw him in this well. In this dry well, excuse me, this dry well. They call it a cistern. They they throw him in this dry well. And when they throw him in his dry this dry well, um, Reuben leaves and Reuben, but Reuben's plan is to come back and get his brother later. Right? That is his plan. Well, when Reuben leaves, uh, it just so happened that uh, the slave traders or whatever was coming through. And they decide, uh, they decide these merchants come through and their brothers decide to sell Joseph to these merchants. So so basically sell him into slavery, right? Then they take off his coat before they sell him into slavery. They take off his coat and they coat his coat with blood from a goat. And they, and they, what they end up doing is while Joseph has now moved and in, gone into slavery, they take this coat home to their daddy and be like, hey, I guess, I guess an animal got to him and this is all we found, right? I'm telling y'all, y'all, you think your family screwed up? Listen, this family has some issues is what I'm saying. <laughs> so they sell him into slavery. And so this is when it gets a little tricky, right? But 
Joseph goes into slavery and he goes and works for this guy named Potiphar. And when he works for this guy named Potiphar, he works like he is, you know, he is literally just the best servant ever. He is such the best servant ever to where eventually Potiphar ends up uh, finding favor with him and he ends up giving him control of the whole household. Literally what Joseph says is that, you know, he has given me control over everything except for his wife, his wife. The trick. She got a little trickiness in her. So she, you know, he's, you know, he's like, I can do everything except for this touch, this woman. You know what I'm saying? And, but the problem is, so he's like, okay, I'm going to be a man of integrity. I'm not going to, you know, do any of that because I'm still going to work in a way that is um, favorable. Like, I'm still going to work in a place that's favorable. And I'm still going to behave in a place of integrity. And I'm going to work like everything is great, even though currently right now I'm working in the capacity of a slave. And so then it gets even more tricky because remember I told y'all Potiphar's wife was a little tricky. So she decided that she won't Joseph. Joseph was like, no, nah, I can't. I can't with you, ma'am. And <laughs> but she is pressed. Like she is pressed. The kind of press that's almost embarrassing because, you know, <laughs> she's so pressed that she tries to take, you know, uh, grab the Joker and he runs away from her so much that he runs up out his cloak. You know what I'm saying? I mean, woman, like calm down is what I'm saying. Um, but Joseph in turn runs away and his wife, Potiphar's wife, decides to go to Potiphar, Potiphar and say, listen, he, oh my gosh, he tries to rape me. Here's, you know, I can tell you it's true because here's his code, you know, all you know, he tried to rape me, but I got away. And, you know, but this is, you know, this is the coat, his coat to prove to you, his cloak, his cloak to prove to you that what I'm telling you is true. Potiphar, obviously, I'm, I'm, I don't know if he believed her or not, but I don't know if he really believed her at true, but no, whether he believed her or not, he still had to act in a way in which he did. So therefore he threw Joseph in jail. So again, this is the same joke of Joseph that had all these dreams that one was the apple of his father's eye and he had dreams that people was going to bow down to him. Right now, he is officially has been sold into slavery. <laughs> and then he don't went from slavery to the jailhouse. Right? So now he's in jail. But even in jail, he is out. He's like the best inmate. I mean, he is just on his game. So much so <laughs> that the guards there, you know, have given him power even in jail. Like, you know, they have given him differential treatment. He has favor even in jail. But that's because he's working in a way in which he's still working in a place of integrity. He's still coming and doing the best job he can. He's still, you know, he doesn't have the complaining spirit. He's not doing any of the things that we typically would do when we feel some kind of way. Well, I'm not going to say we because I don't know y'all like that. I'm going to say how I would do <laughs> when I'm feeling some kind of way, you know. Um, and so he goes to jail. And he's in jail for many years. And he ended up meeting a cupbearer. And it was like a cupbearer. I can't remember the other dude that was in there, but I know one of them was a cupbearer. And they have dreams. Joseph interprets their dreams. One was a cupbearer, and the other ones, I think, was a bread maker or something like or a baker or something like that. Well, anyway, the baker's dream, he was like, listen, dude, your dream says that you're going to die in a couple of days. That's what that dream meant. But to the cupbearer, he was like, hey, your dream meant that, that Pharaoh was going to come and return you back to your old position, that you're only going to be in jail for a couple more days, and then Pharaoh's going to come and return you back to your, your, your position. He said, however, he said, but when you get to your position, please remember me, dude. Like, listen, I don't give you a, a glimmer of hope. Can you please remember a brother? The cupbearer is like, yes, of course. Of course the cupbearer cup gets out of jail and do not remember him. <laughs> 
do not remember him. I think then Joseph is in jail for like five more years. Five more years. Ridiculous talk. But the whole time, he's still working like a beast, doing what he's supposed to do. He still have favor with the guards. He's still doing his thing. So sure enough, next thing you know, Pharaoh has a dream. Nobody can interpret this dream. No one. The cupbearer finally remembers Joseph. And he's like, oh, there was a cat I read at jail. He, he interpreted my dream. The joker was good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so he then gets Joseph to come out. Joseph, in turn, um, correctly interprets Pharaoh's dream. And Pharaoh says, well, because you have done this, not only do I take your interpretation, but now I want you to be over all the things that you said about the dream. Like as far as saying the dream, the dream pretty much stated that there will be seven years of feast and then seven years of famine. But during the years of feast, we need to save. We need to put stuff away so that we will have crops and we will have what we need to endure the famine. So Pharaoh told Joseph that because you did that and you interpreted properly, I'm going to I'll pardon you from jail, and you will come here. I'm not just going to pardon you, but now you're actually going to come and work for me, and you will actually be over the whole operation of, you know, preparing us for that famine. You know what I'm saying? So you need to make sure that we, our crops grow properly. You, you know, you need to make sure that we're properly situated to endure the famine. So that basically means he gave um, Joseph complete control again. So I said all that to say. <laughs> this is what this is why this this story right here resonated so much with me um in this moment is that Joseph even though he had those dreams when he was young about people cuz he was in his he was a teenager then had these dreams when he was young about people bowing down to him and it didn't look like that you know it didn't his brothers obviously you know was playing him to the left you know he didn't really have that great but he had a great relationship with his father obviously and he had a great relationship with his younger brother, Benjamin, I believe. But, you know, he didn't have a great relationship with every, you know, all his other brothers. And so it was like, you know, to have this funny family dynamic and then to get thrown into prison. I mean, get be sold into slavery and then go to jail. None of these things look like, you know, the whole bowing down portion, <laughs> right? And never, none of that looks like. So Joseph could have, just said, oh, well, that's never going to come to pass. Like, that's never going to come to pass. But he didn't do that, right? He did not live his life like that. Instead, he still worked. He still worked. He still did his part. He still, you know, uh, came in and performed with excellence in all his places, no matter where he was at, no matter what stage of life he was in, whether he was in the prison or a slave. He still performed his life. He still worked in his life with excellence, and I guess the reason why, and I heard a pastor say this not too long ago, but I think the trick back was, was that the reason why Joseph could do that is because he held on to the vision. And in his vision, he never saw himself being a slave. And he never saw himself being in jail. What he saw was, my brothers and my father and them bowing down to me. And believe it or not, that's exactly what happened. His father, well, his mother didn't because his mother passed on, but his father and his brothers eventually had to come and bow down to him. Because when famine hit, guess what? They had to come, and they ran out of food. Guess who had all the food? Guess who had all the resources to actually help them? Joseph. So they had to come and present themselves to Joseph to ask for food. They didn't know it was him. 
They didn't know it was him because you know how they had seen him forever, right? They love living their best life. But when they, when Joseph finally revealed themselves to them, they were afraid. And Joseph had to tell them, well, wait a minute, you know, no, because what you all meant for evil, God meant for good. Like God worked this thing out. So I said all that to say that work your business and work your dreams like you're supposed to. And even if you're not seeing that right now come to pass, still work your life wherever you currently are in your life in a place of excellence. Because if God gave you the vision that you was going to start that business, you was going to open that book, you was going to have that child, you was going to do all these things. If he gave you the vision, it will come to pass. That, and, and if he gave you the vision and if none of the other stuff that you see in your life right now is in play, was in play in that vision, then all you got to do is hold on to what God initially told you. That's all you have to do. You just need to do that and work and work in a, and still work in a place of excellence no matter what station of life you're in currently because it's all coming. Like all those moments in time are coming. And so I've just decided that what I'm going to do is I am going to work my life and I'm going to behave, I'm going to walk this walk out and I'm going to behave in a way that will always be a way of excellence, always in a place of integrity, always in a place of striving to be the very best that I can be. Because I know as long as I keep doing my best and being my best, that the visions that God put in me would actually come to pass. So again, it goes back to what Shakespeare said. Do not assume that I am who I was yesterday because I am not. <laughs> Today I am stronger. I am better. I am so much wiser. And I have this peace and I have this joy that sort of resonates down in my insides, right? And I believe that if you're here on this channel, that you also have that, that you believe in that, that you believe that you have that spark in you to help um, guide, you, guide you through. God has created all of us for something. And even though right now we may be in the middle of our journey and we're really in that place where we're trying to figure it out, Believe you me that he would use all of this, every little point, every little cry, every, see, every little tear, every little yell, every little hiccup, every little scratch, you know, every little uh, closed door, every no. He would use all of that to make you stronger and to make us wiser. But in the middle of that mess, what we will all do, what I have just decided to do, is I'm going to work with excellence. And I'm going to keep my eyes on my vision. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I welcome the gentlemen to the, to the middle. I encourage you all to join me this year of working with excellence, not being afraid to be great and doing the things that we know we need to do and doing those things in a way that is leaving a long-lasting legacy for us to tell, right? It's, long, it's leaving this great legacy where we are, can be able to truly look at our brothers and our sisters and our children and our parents to say that I have walked this life out with a level of excellence and decency and integrity, and that's what we're going to do. And I will behave that way in every shape, fashion, form of my life. So if that have not been your story, if that was not your story in 2020, I pray that that is going to be your story in 2021. 
Thank you so much for meeting me here in the middle. I look so forward to talking to you <laughs> next week. And um, in the interim, stay blessed.